All right, so Marius says, what are those male archetypes that you refer to sometimes and which are suitable for, the, for seduction, which are not? How to find or strengthen my own one. Welcome to the Natural Lifestyles Podcast with your hosts, James Marshall and Liam McRae, where we will be diving deep into the issues of modern masculinity, seduction, dating, lifestyle design, sexuality, psychedelics, you name it. This is the Natural Lifestyles Podcast. There's, like, what is an archetype? It's, it's like almost a mythological model. It's a blueprint of a male. It's something that when it, it's a tarot card, right? It's a, it's, a, it's a god. These are representations of, in this, case, in this case, masculinity. And archetypes don't just refer to gender or refer to sexuality. They're essentially imprinted symbols that in different cultures mean different things, but within a consensus reality, so an agreement that, okay, we exist in modern history in the Western world, uh, we have a legacy of uh, history dating back to essentially the Greeks and uh, to some extent pagan pagan mythologies or histories beforehand that, that have certain characters that appear and transmit messages about what it is to be a hero or a villain or a lover or a magician or a king or a warrior. Right? So these are things that when we see a statue of a man in his 30s who's holding a sword and a spear and looking out to the distance and uh, is wearing a, the skin of an animal, for example, we perceive that, all of us collectively perceive that as a warrior. It's imprinted into our collective consciousness. Whereas in other, there, there would be separated cultures where that wouldn't have the same effect. Okay, so in, and these days because of globalization, a lot of these myths and archetypes have been spread cross-culturally and so most people around the world would recognize these ones and, and have understandings of them. But throughout history, when there was more separation between cultures, they would have their own mythological archetypes. So when I talk about archetypes in terms of uh, seduction. What I'm really looking at is, to some extent, I'm looking at those older ones that transmit meaning, but I'm looking more uh, to do with more modern archetypes around what is what is a symbolic representation of a sexy, attractive man, and how is it that a woman responds to those archetypes? And they start to form quite distinct subcultures or costumes uh, and characters. So the thing is, if I dress in a loose, bland t-shirt and I have a generic haircut and I have no definition in my body and I wear, like, or everything about my outfit just says, just, that's a guy who shops at Target or his mother bought shops for him. Everything about my posture suggests, meh, weak, middle of the road, average, my pasty complexion and my low... Uh, my, my posture the, and demeanor that just is collapsed, right? So, and then my movement is erratic or supplicating or crumpled. And when I communicate to people and someone asks me what I do and what, what I'm passionate about, I don't have anything really to say. I'm like, oh, I'm studying this thing that I heard was a thing you should study and I, I don't know what I'm really doing. Yeah, I, I mean, I watched whatever everyone else watches and I listen to what everyone else listened to, I guess, in that mid-range of, like, averageness. <laughs> what is the archetype here, right? Like, what is the message, the, the symbol that is transmitted through my demeanor, my posture, my, my looks, my dress, my actions, my thoughts? It is not. There is no archetype here. It is just like I, I blend into the background of very average people, very average men. And there is no symbolic representation in any woman's mind that that kind of male 
is sexually attractive. There's, there is no woman on the planet, really, who's walking around dreaming of a man like that. Now, it's, many women will end up with men like that because they they are the female equivalent. They are the dreary, <laughs> average, Bridget Jones, uh, boring version of the female archetype. And no man is walking around the world thinking, oh, that's the kind of woman that I want. Although many men will end up with and settle for women like that because they can't do any better because they haven't progressed to embody aspects of heroism aspects of power, aspects of masculinity that are represented in these archetypes, right? So when I'm talking about you need to understand the male archetypes and try to embody aspects of them that women find attractive and appealing, well, we need to look at for every age of a man, there, there are various archetypes that work and don't work, right? So if I'm my age, okay, so I'm in my late 30s now, trying to embody the archetype of the fresh, young, uh, idealistic, uh, risk-taking, dangerous, young, rocker, vagabond, dreamer, artist. Like, and I'm not, these are not one archetype. These are multiple different types of archetypes. Trying to live under that archetype is not going to suit me so well, right? It it's, doesn't really make sense to my age. Whereas that was me, totally was me in my teens and 20s and quite late. I, I stretched that one out probably just to the edge of when it was still sexy. Uh, that when I was, whatever, 23 and I was all about music and I didn't give a fuck about money and I was into just growth and adventure and I was kind of had this puppy enthusiasm. I didn't really feel like I was a man yet. I didn't really feel like I'd achieved uh, anything and I was very curious and I was looking for mentors and I was open to learning stuff and I was also lazy and hedonistic, impulsive, right? So that, those, are, those are aspects of an archetype that for that age can work, right? It's not, it's not the thing that, are, that all women are attracted to, but for women of my age or a bit younger or for women who were older, like I had some lovers who when I was 23 were like 32, for example, who were more career women and they saw in me a type of archetype which was a bit fresh and carefree. I remember one woman who was older than me and she was a, a personal assistant for a very wealthy businessman and she said when, I, when she kissed me she, one time, she said, I can taste the poverty and madness in your lips. I was like, ooh, thank you, <laughs> I guess. Uh, for, for her, that the archetype of the broke musician that was finding his way in the world was a thing, right? She, it was appealing to her because she only, most of the time she was around much more established men who certainly they had their strength and, and power, but it was interesting for her to dabble in the bohemian art scene with that kind of archetype, right? So now, now the archetype that I embody far more is, is the established male, is the, is the man that is in his prime and is exhibiting those elements of settledness, of power, of dominion, of tribal leadership. At the same time, I haven't stepped into, and who knows if I will, into that total king energy where it's like, okay, I'm, I'm no longer a seeker, right? I'm, I, am, I am the Lord. I've done everything that I'm going to do more or less. Now I'm just maintaining my kingdom and I guess handing on my knowledge to those below me, right? So that, that, is, that is another type of archetype, the boss, the guy that is, the, the guy that is done, right? He's, he's, he's created whatever he's going to create. Sure, he might make a bit more money or he might not open another company or, uh, I don't know, write another book or something, but his character is set. He, he is, that this is the established masculine father, boss, leader energy and that's something that I you know I am still someone who is quite dynamic and is still very willing to 
learn and put myself in the position of the student again. Uh, I'm I'm still able to be light and playful and and childlike in some as- aspects, but for the most part, yeah, I'm solid. I'm grounded. Girls come to me to experience the archetype of being with a man who knows what he's doing, who knows who he is, who feels good about himself, who is comfortable in his skin and in his age, right? So the representations of these things can be kind of almost faked in the sense of there are plenty of men who put on the costume of an archetype. And you look at any fashion magazine, any model that you see, any because most models are young men, uh, or well, they, there's various types, but it's, often it's the very young guy, right? The male models are somewhere around the 19 to 20 something year old, and they're dressed in a th- beautifully cut three piece suit, and they're standing in front of a Bentley and gazing out with that like supreme confidence of like, yeah, I know what I'm doing. And when you really, and it's the female equivalent, but when you really think about it, at 21 years old, you don't. There's no way you can feel the way that photo is, right? It's so like how, de- like, what is the audacity to be sitting on the bonnet of a car that is not yours and wearing a suit that's not yours, and and because of your beautifully chiselled face uh, and because of the the aesthetic and the way the photographers set you up, you look like you have the world at your fingertips. And lots of people put on the costume of a rock star, a guy in a suit, an established boss leader kind of guy or a bohemian or whatever and they, and it just looks like the thing so that's why any metrosexual guy lum, lumbosexual guy who's wearing a rolled up flannelette shirt and has, has a beautifully coutured beard and some tattoos and rough leather jacket or whatever he is presenting a certain archetype which has a reflection in female minds which is a man who knows how to fix shit a man who is strong a man of the land a man who is yeah, physically capable and is rugged, right? But the, but the average guy that's in that situation is the opposite of that. You know, I'm, I'm going to New York in a few weeks and uh, where I'll be staying in Lower East Side. Almost all the men dress like that. And not one of the, most of them have never picked up a tool in their entire life. They're, most of them are baristas and graphic designers. They're, they're in no way able to do the thing that the archetype presents, yet women find them fucking adorable and sexy and, and they get turned on as if he was that thing, if he's able to kind of play the role a bit as well and uh, have the attitude. So like archetypes, when we're dealing with them with students, we're often dealing with it first from a style perspective. I'm starting the Euro tour in a couple of days. We've got 10 guys coming in and inevitably within the first few days, we'll start peeling them off and taking them out shopping and, and re, uh, redoing their style because most men that come to me are fit within the very generic style that I've explained before. They're wearing a polo shirt or a t-shirt and a badly fitting clothes and the shoes that came from Clarks or whatever. And, and they're not presenting anything physically that, that a woman can latch onto and go, oh yeah, I'm into that kind of guy. There is an archetype imprinted in my mind due to my conditioning and the overall uh, collective consciousness that I was brought up in. But because I was imprinted earlier on as liking guys who are a bit of a bad boy or, or are a bit of a boss or are that neat metrosexual thing or are the lumbosexual thing because the way that media and art and mo- movie characters and mythology present things, if, they, if I don't lock in with any of those things, then I'm fighting harder to be seen. I'm, I'm literally invisible as I walk down the street. I don't exist. And so then when I come out of the mist and come up to a girl and try to speak to her, yes, you can, you can overcome that. You don't have to be amazingly well-dressed in order to pick up a girl, but you can make it so much easier. For years, a big part of what, like my initial success in, with an interaction would be my leather jacket, my long hair, my stubble, my attitude, my posture... Because I was going up to girls and, and girls that were into that kind of rocker, uh, hipster, whatever guy would, would instantly open to me and would give me the time of day. Whereas if I 
previous to when Jess Daly first styled me and I wore my kung fu shoes and a like a hippie top and ripped jeans, like all the only archetype that I was projecting was the bohemian kung fu hippie dude, which would only really be responded to by a very small group of those kind of hippie, arty, alternative music scene girls. Did I bang other girls, girls who had jobs in offices and stuff? Yeah, occasionally, but it was harder. And those girls had to overcome their initial <laughs> disinterest. I would find myself in situations because of my charm and my abilities with women, yeah, hooking up with those girls and then being surprised about it, but it was much harder work. When I just started dressing the part and then realizing that these archetypes, I can project different ones and I can dabble in. I can wear a suit and I can dress up. I can, I can dress down. I can uh, go neat casual. I can you know, play with different roles and different archetypes. And then that way I can get re- different responses from women. So yeah, it, it's about style. But at the end of the day, if, if, if it's just the style, then you're faking it. And a girl may be into a guy who looks like that way, but when she sees that behind that, there is not the character that, that the costume suggests, then okay, she's going to lose interest. So how does this apply to you? It applies to understanding, okay, at your age, at your time in life, what are various character traits uh, or types of lifestyle or types of archetypes that women respond to? And do you fit with any of those? Can you dabble in them? Can you adjust things by just getting a leather jacket? Don't have to get a tattoo. Tattoos are cool sometimes and think long and hard about them. Don't get a neck tattoo. Don't get a wrist tattoo. Don't get a fucking Chinese symbols. If you want to do that, think long and hard about it. You don't have to do that. But adjusting your hairstyle and your clothes and particularly your posture and your movement patterns make a big difference. It's not that I think you need to put on the swagger or the false movements of of a boss man, but understanding that inhabiting your posture correctly, using your gestures in a way that are sexy and slow, deliberate, communicates things to a girl. And of course, that this is the longer term thing of settling into your age and then continuing to evolve and change as you as you progress through life to as best you can fit within the alpha realm of any time point. Yeah, so I've I've when I look back, I've been various types of alpha and I, and also not alpha <laughs> depending on how I, how I was going in life. I've had periods where I've been at the peak of my game and my confidence and my expression of life and then I've had some major life change. I, I got kicked out of a band once where that was my identity. I had a very very beautiful woman who was my wife leave me. I had times where a business well this business actually reached peaks and then it shattered. And during those periods, I, my confidence dropped or, my, or the world that I built around me collapsed and I had to start from scratch again. And I experienced that, that interesting fall of like, okay, I'm projecting all this archetypal power and then all these structures around me start disintegrating and I'm not able to project it so well anymore. The thing that's kept me on a more or less even, it hasn't been even, but the, the reason I've always had success with women since I first learned how to do this, even in those times where I was my life fell apart was that I was never basing 100% of my identity on any of this external stuff, on my looks, on my achievements, on my social circle, on my position, on my money. The fact that I was always developing myself as a spiritual being, that I had a meditational background to fall back on, that my, that my body, my mind and my emotions were something I was investigating meant that I, I kept a level of core kind of identity and confidence. And that's something that when we look at, okay, at the core of all this archetypal ideas are deep-seated expressions of masculinity or expressions of yourself. And these are the ones that you want to be developing throughout life. I've taught some very, very wealthy men in the past, some of whom were very actualized as people. If you strip the wealth off them and their position, they would still be fine. And then many others who, if you remove that from them, and they were terrified of this, they would have nothing. Their entire archetypal 
value was based on all of the costumes and um, accessories. And without that, they felt like they were nothing. So you never want to be in that position where you are 100% reliant on everything external to you or on, on the way people perceive all of your bells and whistles. You want to be constantly working on your internal sense of self-wealth. Self-wealth, yeah. Self, internal self-wealth. I just I meant to say self-worth, but that, that works as well. Through your meditation, through exploration of your emotions, through exploration of your body, through exploration of experience, of life, of travel, of love, of friendship, of all those other things that make you an enriched human being. And as you move maneuver through those, these archetypal expressions of masculinity will stop being something that is like an idea or, or an act. And they will, tend, they will become, through time, true expressions of yourself. And then they will adapt and they will morph and they will evolve throughout time. So hopefully that, that explains it. Thanks so much for listening to the Natural, Natural Lifestyles, Lifestyles Podcast. Podcast. Check us out on YouTube at The, the Natural, Natural TV. TV. See you on the next episode.